You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. In an effective women's ministry, um, but I can hopefully share some things that can help you. Uh, I definitely have a lot of mistakes that um, I made and um, uh, did and things like that that hopefully um, will inspire and help you as well. But I think, first of all, we've really got to have faith. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got an incredible task before us. You know, I look at where I live in Orange County, it's three point some million people that live there. Um, That's a lot of people to try to reach out to. And I know wherever you live, uh, you never don't see people. I mean, people are everywhere. We've got people uh, to help become Christians. And yet, I also look at myself and I go, I'm 56 years old. And um, my, my only claim to fame is that I don't color my hair, okay? Um, I know, I know. But just, just for the record, when it goes gray, I will be coloring it, okay? There's no doubt about that one. Um, I told Jackie, a sister recently said, you know all those spots on your hands? You can get those taken off. And I said, well, why would I want to take them yeah. off? Because she goes, you look a lot younger. And um, so, so I appreciate it, and I'll keep that. But so far, I got all my spots on my hands because I didn't put sunscreen on your hands. But, you know, I look at it, and I go, I've got about 10 to 15 years, I think, of good ministry life left, okay? I mean, maybe the Lord will give me more. But at this point in my life, I go, what do I really want to do? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to see? And that is, I want to see the kingdom continue. I want to see it advance. I want us to learn from the mistakes that we all made and for the younger sisters in here to do even more amazing. You know, it's really an interesting statistic that uh, Kevin and I were looking at in the L.A. church. Because right now in the L.A. church, there, 20 of the staff, 28% are under the age of 40. Okay, so that leaves 72% of the staff in the L.A. church are over 40 years old. Um, that's kind of, that hits you. You realize, wow, uh, we have a very aging staff. And um, I think it's throughout the kingdom, you know, and uh, uh, we help with some of the Korean churches in all of the country of Korea, the youngest staff person there is 43 years old. Now, I have to say they look 25. Um, They have a little bit over us. But it it just started hitting me that, you know, with only 20 some percent even here, that are under 40 years old, I think we have something that we've got to really be focusing on and really have the faith and a clear vision of what God can do. You know, in Psalm 135, verse 3, 
I'm just going to keep going and you can catch up. It says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your work to another. They tell of your mighty acts. And I think so much of my role is to get the next generation ready. And actually then the next generation, I got like three generations that I can get ready. Maybe you're just on the next generation or wherever you are by age. But we've got a lot of work to do. And I love that about Jesus. I love that Jesus had a clear vision that he needed to train these men to do the rest of the work. And I really know all of us do a lot of tasks. We have a lot of roles that we play. We're wearing different hats all day long. You know, I always said if I had to get out of the ministry, I could definitely be a private detective. Oh, I have oh, run oh, track down people. I, you know, event coordinator, yeah. caterer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, you know, we could go on and on. Yeah. All the different roles yeah, that we so play great. in the kingdom. Yeah. But I really believe this is yeah. one of the most important roles yeah that you or I will play. Yeah. It's to really impart what God has done in your life to young women yes. around you and to look for them. Uh, we had the privilege of having the Fergusons in Orange County for a couple years. They've now moved to Dallas. But when Teresa first moved there, she said, give me all the names of the campus students and their phone numbers. And um, I'm like, okay, what, why do you want them? And she goes, because I want to start having them over and being able to teach them things. And um, I just love that. And she had a girl that helped her clean her house because she has a lot of health issues. But she goes, but I'm going to teach her how to clean this house. And she would teach them different things. I just, you know, she, she was 70-some then. Um, and, but that was her heart. And um, that she wanted to train, she wanted to continue, and she would always ask them, you know, how are you doing spiritually? How are things going as well? Um, but having that kind of heart, you know, I think it's very easy for us to just kind of get into our little world and just exist there. You know, maybe you lead mainly marrieds. Maybe you lead, you know, singles or whatever, but... We can kind of just look and say, this is my role, this is what I do, and not realize, okay, there are more people out there. And we've got to figure <laughs> yeah. out a way to keep doing our role, yeah. but also to be able to impact more and others. Mm -hmm. um, I love this quote by Ma Maya Angelou. I keep forgetting. See, I'm not a multitasker. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'll help you. Okay. Um, Can you oh, clear vision. Well, it's, we're, I'm uh -huh. moving on. There okay, there she is. Oh, but let me, the oh, it's the next one. Yeah. Okay. It's, she says, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Wow. That's very profound, honestly, for her to figure that out. And um, I think we know that. But we've got to make sure that we have that kind of heart in training up sisters. I want to talk about several areas that I think have, have really helped me personally. And again, this is still an area that I'm trying to grow in, but to really help train up uh, young women. Number one is walking with them. Mm -hmm. 
You know, there is no substitute for walking along someone to help raise them up. Mm. You know, there's nothing that substitutes you sitting in on their study and watching how they lead the study. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no substitute to, you know, I sat down recently with a campus girl who's been involved in all kinds of sin, uh, with Virginia and, and being able to work together to help this young uh, woman who needs to repent. There's no substitute for that. Mm-mm. I can't give her a class. I can't tell her to yeah. read this book. Yeah. You know, I've got to be there. I've got to walk mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the other thing in walking with someone is what I find with the younger women, and you're in here, you may agree or disagree, I think by nature, and especially women who desire to be in the ministry, they're very hard-working women. They they tend to be very hard on themselves. And, um, you know, that that is just a characteristic. Once in a while you have somebody who's, you know, just pie in the sky. But I do think most of them tend to be very hard on themselves. And I think they need a lot of encouragement. You know, a lot of us in here are moms, and we know what helps our kids. You know, when they're little and they're learning to go pee-pee, you know, it's like throw them a party, give them an M&M, do whatever. You know, as they get older, you it's like anything that you catch them doing good, you encourage. And yet I think sometimes we've got to have that same spirit and heart in helping and training the sisters. You know, I love that Paul, when he talked about Timothy, he talked about him as his son. Mm. And I think of, you know, raising a daughter and how much encouragement, how much what I thought and felt mattered. Mm. And, um, you know, sometimes she'd say, okay, I'm going to say this, but don't have that look on your face. And (laughs) and I'd be like, I I don't know how, do I smile? Do I, you know, because... I don't know if I got the right look or not, but um, but it was because she cared so much about you know my reaction, what I would think, how I would feel about that, and so I think we've really got to have that heart that says, you know, I'm going to keep encouraging these sisters. I'm going to help them. Um, I'm also going to help them realize that failure isn't fatal. I look back at myself, and honestly. I've probably failed more than I've really succeeded. I mean, I we just had a Women's Day. I remember every Women's Day in L.A., you know, there was always a goal. I can honestly say I never made the goal. <laughs> I know you're probably thinking, how did you get, how did you end up staying here? I don't know. But, I mean, it was like, you know, if the goal was 20 for the month, I did 10. Next month, I'd make it up, but I never did it. I mean, I look back, and I go, I was just not the shining star. You know, I wasn't the Harvard grad. I didn't have all these things. Um, But I I do appreciate the people who believed in me. I needed lots of help. I said so many things that were so bad and so wrong. I... I felt like I probably got in trouble. I remember being in Chicago and, you know, Chris, honestly, so loving. Chris Fuqua, I don't think, is she here? I don't think she is. 
But I just remember saying something and her saying, that's what's wrong with the Chicago church. <laughs> and, um, and I'm thinking, okay, whatever I said is not good. You know, I'm, and I would get um, helped with all those things. And, uh, you know, uh, many, many times um, I was the one that said things that I shouldn't have said. Um, I can remember being in a line with, this was Chris again, and her saying, I, I wasn't in L.A., and her saying, how are things going? And I remember saying, well, let's just say the women made their goal this month. Oh. And did you ever have something come out of your mouth, yeah. and you go, I will pay for that. <laughs> I know it. You know, my poor husband sitting there, I'm like, oh. I, this, I'm going oh. down. <laughs> And I remember being in a D group and saying, now, did it seem like she was a little harder on me than the rest of the women? And they're like, oh, yeah, totally, totally. But I needed all those yeah. things. But I also needed, and I feel like I really got, people who believed yes. in me. Yes. And um, so a lot of those mistakes, I just think God gave me grace. He, he looked over them. He helped me, all of those kind of things. Um, of what you, um, yeah. Um, I think the other thing they need is individual discipling. Mm. We can't raise up someone if yeah. we don't get with them consistently. <laughs> um, you know, getting with them every week, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. talking to them on the phone, uh -huh. you know, really understanding their life, their history. Yeah. You know, you always say you know a lot about a person if you meet their family. I mean, many times I'm like, okay, now it all makes sense. And, um, and my hunches, they said the same thing about me. So I'm not, you know, um, but having that kind of heart yeah. with each other, really creating a safe place. Yeah. You know, when our kids were growing up, we said to them, you can say anything to us if you say it with respect. You can say, I don't like you, I don't agree with you, I don't want to be in this family. Oh, all those things were said. Yeah. Um, but if you say them with respect, <laughs> that's true. What's Stuart? Such as, I love you guys, but why would I ever want to take a vacation with you? Uh, that was one of the things said. And it was everything I could do not to go across the table and just wring his little neck. But I didn't. But all I'm saying is I think in, in helping, other, helping our sisters, we've got to create the atmosphere where they really tell you what they feel and think. And that it's not, well, I ask them, but they don't say anything. But maybe we haven't created the kind of atmosphere. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 46. Um, in verse 45, Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, Philip said. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. You know, I love that. Jesus, yeah. I mean, that was, that was an insult to Jesus. Yeah. And, yet, and yet, you know, he could look past it. He could look beyond that and see, wow, this guy's got something there. And I think we've got to have that kind of heart and that kind of yeah. spirit. 
about them. You know, I always, I always tell my women that I try to be a full-service women's ministry leader. <laughs> and um, so I try to just, like, I give them recipes of if I make something and it's really good. And um, at Christmas time, we, we did a craft together. Okay, they didn't really, it was a little embarrassing, but they were Christmas ornaments. But um, we did some other things that I won't share. But... Um, <laughs> But, you know, I think in, in helping raise up um, sisters, you've you got to care about all parts of their yeah, lives, their children, true. their family, yeah, what they enjoy, yeah, yeah. and having that kind of heart. Number three, group discipling. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's very, very powerful yeah. that, we allow, that we have those times where sisters are mm. together, that they can help each other. Mm. You know, sometimes some of the things that, we say aren't as effective as their peers and um, this was a group in Orange County a few years ago some of them are in the ministry some of them uh, they're all faithful disciples and uh, doing great things it's not they've been trained not just in Orange County in many places and stuff but I think that's another aspect of really raising up people is creating this group creating other people that they feel like are helping them mm. and that it's not a matter of well they they you know can only ask me things I, honestly when people go oh I couldn't get you so I called so-and-so I'm like hallelujah um, <laughs> that's great but I think they need that they yeah. need that with yeah. each other um, in order to keep growing and then lastly I think we've got to keep painting the big picture mm. you know I remember being 18 years old I went to the University of Cincinnati um, I remember Don and, and, and uh, Heidi Lee Burroughs came there, and they created a vision um, with, this was in 1977, of what they believed God could do. And um, I was a freshman, but I believed it with all my heart. And I think our vision is different now. You know, back then it was to go into all nations and do all those things, and not that we still don't want to go into all nations, but we may not be training them for all nations, but we've got all kinds of neighborhoods and we've got all kinds of campuses. And I think we got to make sure, and I, I know for me this is something I've had to wrestle with to still have that kind of vision so that we're giving them uh, times like this, coming to things like this. You know, going to St. Louis, it's worth the money to get people there. I mean, in San Antonio, to be completely honest, I never listened to one of the main le lessons in the auditorium. Because I was just in so awe. I just watched people the whole time. Now, when I came home, I did, they were really good lessons. I listened to them. When they came, you know, they were on uh, the Disciples Today, I went back and I thought, what? But it was just like, I was so overwhelmed with this is the kingdom of God. And we've got to help people see that. Awesome. Thank you, Mary. That was awesome. I'm going to sit. You're going to sit? Okay, great. Well, I'm so excited that I, I get to teach this class with Mary. And, you know, because in 2008, one of my best friends, Barry Lusk, she said, you have to come with me to this Southwest Women's Retreat. I was living in Oregon at the time. And honestly, sisters, 
I came into the room, the singing, the spirit. I was not used to being around women that were excited about being in the ministry. And I want to let you know how much you guys have inspired me. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so at home. This is great. These women are so excited about what they're doing. And I remember going, gosh, I'm coming back. And I did. I kind of grafted my way in. People are like, where do you live? I'm like, Oregon. They're like, is that, part, is that now part of the Southwest? I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. But they just still let me come. It's okay. And I'll tell you what, it was a highlight, sisters, of my year. I mean, I can still remember. I can remember when Emma Causey was talking about praying for Lindsay Lohan in her closet, like her prayer times and, you know, all these different things. I mean, I just, you know, remember when we had all these, like, dance sessions and Mary Kay and Jackie, right? We do that. I mean, we just had so much fun together. But the lessons, the fellowship. And so I just want to start by sharing that. I don't want to lose this. we got to keep this going. What we have here, it impacted my life. And I'll tell you what, when Bruce and Robin called us and said, hey, we'd like you to move to Tucson, I'm like, that's in the Southwest. Oh, yes, I'm there. I'm there. Now, we had to go through some obstacles to get there, but I was so fired up, and I'm thankful to be here. Because what was so cool, 2008, I came to that retreat, and Mary Maines, that was the first time I met Mary Maines. She was my D-group leader. And I was like, oh, I've heard of her, but this is so cool that I get to meet her. And that's really where our friendship started. And I just appreciate her so much. Her and Kevin have just kind of taken us in. When we first moved to Tucson, they came to stay with us. And we didn't really know them at all, but there was such a special time. And she said to me, she goes, do you do Pinterest? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't, you know, I think I have, I don't really know how to work it. She goes, sit down, sister, and let me show you all about Pinterest. And now I am like, <laughs> that's right. And now, thanks to Mary, I'm like an addict, you know? I got to be careful before we go to bed. My husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just check in Pinterest. He's like, get off the computer, get off the computer. So anyway, I'm, I'm thankful for our friendship over the years. But I'm excited to talk about Raising up leaders. Gosh, I just feel like it's a huge need. I don't know how you feel. I just feel like that's one of the biggest needs I have in my church today. So I want to start off in Ephesians chapter 4. And I think I've got it in the NLT. This next one. Yes, I'll read it from the NLT. And uh, starting in verse 11, it says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I love that. Because what that teaches me, sisters, is that one of my greatest responsibilities is to equip the women in my church. That's got to be one of my huge responsibilities. And we have to ask ourselves, how much time, how much energy in our schedules, in our focus, are we intentional about raising up, looking, scanning, looking for those women in our church that we need to raise up? 
I'll tell you what, you know, it's been a, it's been a great time in Tucson, but honestly, this past year has been a, a year of big transition for us. Um, you know, we've been there for three years, and it's, it's gone great. Uh, this past year, we had 22 people baptized, which was awesome, right? We've got a church now of 105, um, you know, so that's exciting. But we had 18 move-outs last year. A lot of move-outs, a lot of uh, graduates, a lot of the original mission team members that were the disciple-makers, you know, moved on to graduate school, got married. I mean, a lot of great reasons. But you just kind of go, oh, my gosh, how are we going to continue to grow? We need to raise up leaders. We had six weddings last year, by the way. Okay, that's awesome. But you know what? That's a lot of showers, pre-marriage counseling. I'm looking like, can anybody else do this? You know, it's just a lot, a lot in a year. Um, all three of my adult children, I love them dearly. They're all in Tucson. And, okay, not only are we leading the church, we lead the campus ministry, and they're all in it. And so we tell people, if you don't get along with someone with the last name Skinner, you're kind of out of luck because there's a lot of us in the campus ministry. So there's just a lot going on. And, uh, you know, it was interesting when I think about how the church started with the original, like, marriage leaders, the women I relied on. Okay, let me just share a little bit about what was going on in their lives. Four strongest married women I had. The first one, um, she, when the ICOC, when we planted the church in Tucson three years ago, she got so overwhelmed that she ended up having a nervous breakdown and went into a mental hospital. That's one of my main leaders right now. I am definitely very gentle and patient with her, but that's kind of what was going on. Another one of my leaders got a multiple personality disorder diagnosis. Mary asked me, she goes, which personality were you discipling? I'm like, I'm not even sure which one. But that was intense. Another married leader, her husband found out he had a brain tumor, had two brain surgeries. It's huge. My final leader that I rely on so much, who's amazing, her husband decided to not be a leader anymore. And he kind of on a month-to-month basis wonders if he married the right woman. So it's like, oh my gosh, I feel the need. I've got to raise up new leaders. Those women are great, but there's a lot going on there. And you know, what, what, what can happen to me is I look at that situation and I go, oh my gosh, I feel so sorry for myself. Can you feel sorry for myself? Can I send out some invitations? Can we have a party together? Okay, this is supposed to be like, woohoo, the mission team. And I'm looking, oh my gosh, this is challenging. It's all, it's, I felt this so much like it's all up to me. I wear so many hats. I feel kind of schizophrenic sometimes. Like, I've got these married women. Hey, I got to be kind of mature and kind of relate to them. And then I got to go on campus and it's like, hey, is everything like on fleek? How we doing? You know what I mean? I'm like, it's just, and, uh, you know, I just go, who am I? I think I have two different wardrobes, you know what I mean? It's just like, so I feel the need. I need more leaders. And I've had to decide, okay, Pam, you know, I really appreciate Robin's lesson. Because, you know, Robin, unfortunately, she's heard me complain. And I've had to repent and just go, come on. I've got to turn to God. I've got to have a different heart. I've got to decide. I'm going to fight 
and be content and just look around and go, okay, we, we got to do some work here. And so my first point is this. You got to love the ones. Oh, you got it? Okay. You got to love the ones you're with. You got to love the ones you're with. And that's been so good for my heart to look around and go, okay, this is what I've got. I got to love them. Where, where are the leaders? I got to find them. And uh, I really want to share about this sister, uh, Jackie Bobadilla. She's on the right. She became a Christian about a year ago. She's a single mom, very quiet. Um, actually, her story is pretty inspiring. She, uh, when she was a young mom, she traveled to Mexico. She's Mexican. And she was in one car with her baby and her friend. Her husband and her cousin were in another car. Her husband called her and said, pull over to the side of the road. And there wasn't any room to do that. And by the time she got around the corner, the phone was dead. And she never saw her husband again. He was abducted. And so that's the kind of background she's come from to just overcome her bitterness, her anger. And she became a Christian. Her um, co-worker at work, who she had dated years later, invited her. And the good news is she just recently got married. But in order for her to get married, like, they didn't have a, she couldn't get divorced, right? They didn't have a, they never found the body. So she had to go through so many hoops to get a divorce paper so that she could get married. But the good news is, I mean, she's just an awesome sister in my church, right? She's overcome a lot. But I'm just, okay, I'm like, guess what, Jackie? And she married a really great guy. I'm like, guess what, Jackie? Rob and I are going to start discipling you. She's like, you, got, you guys are? I'm like, yeah. You guys are going to be like the future. Like, we're going to, you know, you don't know it yet, but we're building on you. And they're an amazing Latino couple. And, you know, Tucson's right there. We have to have a strong and passionate Latino ministry, amen? And the cool thing about this is that's her stepsister. Who she reached out to, her stepsister got baptized. This last month, her husband got baptized. And Jackie's sister... I'm not sister. Her mother is studying the Bible right now, and she'll become a Christian soon. So she's just kind of, you know, she's just kind of shy. But I go, you know what? She's it. I got to put my heart and just give her, you know, everything that I know to, to give. Um, I also want to share about, there's my daughter, Anne, on the left. And there's Clara. Clara is here from Tucson. Wave your hand, Clara. Yay. I, I really want to lift up Clara. She's from Ecuador. And like I said, we lost so many seniors, so many people that could study the Bible with people. Clara, she's what, been in the church what, for a, about a year, right? And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate Clara's heart because when she went home for the summer to Ecuador um, and to be part of the campus ministry there, she'd have to get on a bus for an hour and a half one way just to go share faith on campus. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, yes. She's someone I'm going to focus on. Now, Clara, she's got to work on, you know, being a little bit more assertive, but she's got a heart of gold, and people are drawn to her. She is, she's a friend magnet, and I love that about her. And so right now, Clara, I'm like, guess what, sweetie? You're it. You're it. You know, she kind of looks at me. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is the woman's campus leader right here. You know, she's like, I am. I'm like, yep, yep, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And then I've got my daughter who's in our ministry, but, you know, she's a freshman. I want her to have a normal freshman experience, but we've already gone through one semester when I told her that. No pressure. Don't feel any pressure about leadership, but now it's the second semester. 
sorry, time's up, sweetie. And, you know, she's had such... She's had such an amazing transition. I know I'm her mom, but she's had such an amazing transition into college. I just said, i got to give you a woman's Bible talk. Give you a freshman Bible talk. And she's got several of her friends that are studying the Bible. I'm really proud of her. But I want to encourage you guys, when you go back to your ministries, pray that you're going to look at the women in your ministry with different eyes and a different heart. Because sometimes we just get stuck or we get one opinion or we go, no, that's not exactly the type I want. And we're missing out, sisters. And for some of us in those small churches or you're in a sector, you know, and you're praying. Like, do you know how many times I've prayed, God, send me Ashley and Stuart Mains. That's who I want. You know, that's my ideal. God, I'm only going to be happy if Stuart and Ashley are here. Well, I don't think they're moving to Tucson anytime soon. So I got a lot. Look, oh, look at they're shaking their heads. No, they're not. I do pray for them, though. Uh, so we've got to love the ones we're with. Amen. Amen. Be on the lookout. Just grab those girls. Uh, my second point is we have got to lead the way. Got to lead the way. I want you to write down right now at least two women that inspired you to go into the full-time ministry. Who was it? Was it the woman that converted you? Who was it? Who were at least two women? I'm not going to have you share their names, but I just I want you to think, who was it? Because all of us were inspired, right, to do this with our hearts and passions. Who is it? Think about that. Write those names down. Who are those two women? And then think about the time, the energy, the prayer, and the heart that went in to get you where you are today. Okay, guys, a lot of time, right? A lot of prayer, right? Isn't that true? We're all shaking our heads. Yes. Okay, more prayer. And we've got to lead the way. Those women inspired us. And my question for you is, are you inspiring the women around you when they look at your life, when they look at your schedule? And I know for some of us and most of us, that's the case. But we got to ask ourselves honestly, when our women look at us, do they, do they see that we're distracted, tired, burdened? Oh, we're always yawning, you know? And it's like, just, you know, just go take a nap, you know what I mean? Just go take a nap, you know? But if that's how we come across and we're not excited about the mission, okay? And I love what my husband says. My husband's like, guys... We can't be aquarium keepers. We're fishers of men. And I think that's a good thought. Do we just kind of keep everybody? How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? Instead of going, my passion is to seek and save the lost. We've got to lead the way. When you were a young woman, I mean, I know for sure the woman that studied the Bible with me met me on campus. She was the woman's ministry leader. She met me. She studied with me. I was inspired by her life. And I know for a fact, when I stood in that baptistry and said, Jesus is Lord, I also knew I'm going into the full-time ministry. This is what I want to do with my life because I'm inspired by the woman that reached out to me. Amen? We've got to lead the way. Um, there's a great quote that I'll just read that uh, Steve Jobs says, <clears throat> if you are working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision pulls you. Isn't that great? And I hope that each one of us, 
from the bottom of our hearts can just say, I love the ministry. I have a passion for the ministry. And I want as many women that are talented and have that heart to go into the ministry. Amen? And listen, we can't delegate raising up future leaders just to our campus girl, that campus leader. Oh, she's going to do it. Now, she better keep bringing those really young, awesome women. But if you're leading a church, if you're not directly involved with the campus ministry, I'd say, man, you got to touch their lives. You need to have an influence on them. I really appreciate, you know, when we lived in Tokyo, one of the things that always impressed me about Erica Kim is as busy as she was, as much as she traveled, and really wrestling with some serious health issues, one of the things she would consistently do is have a young zealots group. And she would gather those women around because she'd say, I want to impact their lives. And that really inspired me, really inspired me. Also, um, I just really want to lift up Cheryl Hammer. I feel like she's a great example, and I'll tell you what, if you guys aren't fellowshipping with Cheryl Hammer, getting her number, calling her, lining up to ask her questions, you're missing out. Because I just spent the weekend in her ministry, and I was so impressed. I came this close to like calling my husband like, honey, guess what? We're moving to Santa Clarita. <laughs> this is like one step from heaven. I'm like, it's just such a solid ministry, and I really want to really lift her up, and we need to... Uh, really imitate her. You know, also this weekend, somebody that I really appreciated is, um, where's Michelle Santa? Michelle Santa, you're back there. She's right back there. Okay, one of the things that's really cool about Michelle, she's a kingdom kid. Okay, you probably know she's a kingdom kid. She told me over the weekend that she's had a dream since she was a senior in high school to go into the full-time ministry. How old are you now, Michelle? 27? Oh, she's 29. And she just went into the ministry in October. Isn't that awesome? I was so inspired talking to her. And she just explained. She said, you know, I kind of always thought this way. And everybody was kind of thinking this way. And, but finally, someone got a hold of her and just said, you're going to do great things. You can go into the ministry. They believed in her. And now she's in the ministry. It's awesome. I want to uh, just close out and share just a couple stories here of some women that I, oh, my gosh, I'm so fired up about. Because the thing is, if you don't have the women in your ministry, you're going to need to lead the way and find them. Okay? We are honestly the best equipped, right, to convert the women. But sometimes we just kind of stand back and watch and just go, how's all, that, how's all those studies going? Are they good? But we're not leading the way. Okay? We're kind of, you know, the remote control. Is it going good? Okay, do this next. We've got to be the ones that are involved. This is one of my friends. Um, oh, oh, let's go back to Cassidy. I'm sorry. I didn't read the first one. We'll skip that one. Where, oh, this, where's her picture? Oh, there we go. Okay. There's my daughter again because I love her and she just happened to be in the picture. But <laughs> the woman next to her, Cassidy Cobb, okay? Let me tell you what, guys, you're, small, you're leading a small church, a small ministry. A couple baptisms are going to change everything. Yeah. I'm counting on it. And this woman, Cassidy, she's getting baptized this month and she's going to change my campus ministry. Okay, she's 21 years old. She's dating a football player has a two-year-old child, and they've been living together, and that's been a challenge. And so the thing is, um, we've been working with them. It's been a labor of love. He's finally stepping up to the plate, wants to be the spiritual leader. He's going to move out, amen? And she's been telling everybody in the fellowship, March is my month. I'm getting baptized in March. He's moving out, and so I can get baptized. And the thing I appreciate about her heart is she told me, like, into the third study, she said, can I ask you something? I said, sure. She goes, 
how long did it take you to be able to learn these studies to teach other people? I'm like, oh, not long. Oh, sweetie. And I, actually, she's, she's been in a couple Bible studies, you know, because that's her heart. I'm like, yeah, you, you are amazing. So please pray for Cassidy. And then finally, oh, my gosh, Wanassa Chow, right there, the third one in. She's on the golf team at the University of Arizona. She was coming to church for almost a year, coming in and leaving, coming in and leaving. That's the thing, guys. You don't know who you have in your fellowship. One, one of the things practically that Rob and I do, we're the greeters. We are. We greet everybody when they come in. As soon as my husband finishes preaching, he heads to the door, and he says goodbye to everybody that walks out. And one day, Rob was at the door, and Wanasa zipped out, and he goes, hey, Wanasa, do you want to be a member of our church? You know, just, I was like, I pre and I was standing there, and I was like, wow, honey, that's pretty bold. And, and she goes, do I need to do something to be a member? I was like, yeah, you do, Wanasa. Let's exchange numbers. And so we started studying. The first time we got together, she told me, I can give you one hour. One hour. I was like, I'll take it. Well, the one hour turned into two and a half hours. You know how that is. But anyway, she's been studying the Bible. She's the number one, you know, position on the golf team. She's from China. She grew up in Australia. We can get, we, you know, she'll give me every two weeks. I get about four hours. But we're through the sin study. And it's just, she's doing great. She's, she's really an amazing woman. She wants to be a professional golfer. And the cool thing is she told me, she said, you know, being the number one, being in that position is pretty tough. It's a lot of pressure. She said, but, you know, since I've been coming to church and studying the Bible, what I think is God's first, and I'm right under him. I'm like, oh, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, guys, it fires you up. It fires you up to have those kind of studies. So, sisters, I really want to encourage you. Love the ones you're with. Look in the fellowship for those people that maybe just need a little encouragement, a little vision if you work with them. Second of all, guys, lead the way. Lead the way. Just decide that you're going to be in the studies. Practically, pray to get in a study with someone who could be your future leader. Look for those women. Go, man, you know what? I have a vision for her. I'm going to be the one that's impacting her life from the beginning to the end. Secondly, open up a spot in your discipling to train a young woman. Sometimes we're just discipling the same people, and they're great, they're good-hearted, but open up a spot and just find a young Christian and go, you know what, I'm going to start discipling you. They might go, whoa, you are? But do it. It's good for you. It's good for them. Amen? So that's the practical. Get into a great study with someone and also open up a spot in your discipling. So love you guys. It's been great to be with you. Pray for our church to grow. Pray for new leaders. And I love what you had to say. Thank you so much, Mary. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.